This just handed to me. The following podcast is a Sam Productions production. To the Autism Warriors podcast, episode 30. Look who's talking now and how. Our email is feedback at saveproductions.com. Our voicemail is 813-915-6390. Our Twitter is Say It Prods. We're here live every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Our Facebook is facebook.com backslash Autism Warriors. Don't forget to go to iTunes to rate and review our show. And we just want to let you know that we respect and uphold the rights of people to make choices concerning their family member with autism, whether it be vaccinations, therapies, or medications. I'm Erica Plord. I'm mother to two children on the spectrum, Cassidy 10 and Garrett 8. I'd like to introduce my co-host, Pam. Pam, how you doing over there? I'm trying to manipulate this new microphone i hope it's functioning can you hear me now is i mean like the commercial i can hear you okay that's good my name is pam mari i think i'm the mom to joey my little bundle of joy he's 14 years of age he's on the spectrum and it's been a heck of a day so if i'm muted a lot then it's to the audience's benefit um (laughs) Need I say more? But You're having an Audi moment, that's all. I'm having an Audi weekend. I know. Well, we do have one one announcement. There will be no Autism Warriors podcast next Saturday due to the holiday weekend, and I have plans, and it's all our producer's fault. Woohoo! <laughs> and did you want to move on to the Zach Picto of the Week, Pam? Thank you for reminding me. Like I say, I'm dealing with this weird microphone. Yes. The Zach Picto of the Week uh, is about the multimedia section of Zach Picto. Here you will find links to external sources of information, such as videos, which I looked over today, ranging from family stories about autism to videos about special training courses offered by the Boy Scouts of America on how to work with kids with autism And also there's some videos on bullying and how it uh, affects autistic kids. It's a very good resource, and I'm sure the available list of multimedia resources will grow as time goes on. Check out the multimedia external link section of Zach Picto. That's it for this week. Yeah, you can find out more at ZachPicto.com. I had one resource that I... uh, I came upon today, um, it's Developmental Milestone Screening. It's free online access to the Ages and Stages Questionnaire. You fill out the form. It'll bring you to a place where you can print the document. You fill it out and send it to the address address listed on the website. Other Ages and Stages Questionnaires cost money. They are upwards of $375. So I urge you, if 
take advantage of this offer. If you know someone out there who thinks their child might be developmentally delayed, give them this link and they can send it to it's through the Easter seals and CVS care mark. Um, that's how they got their money. It was a grant um, that they got to be able to provide that as a free service. But that's my resource for the week. Bug. I'm sorry, Joey's hearing a bug. Where do you hear a bug at? This stink bug. Oh, you you got dive bombed by a stink bug. Like this, because no. Okay, if you let me read this paragraph, then I'll come help you. Okay, I'll be right there. Oh, okay, my resource um, I found is called Speech to Teach. Speech number two, and then the word teach. This website is the product of an elementary school speech pathologist. And it offers printable resources that enhance speech and language skills of children in preschool and elementary school. She has print-and-go materials. Uh, They're very uniquely illustrated and fun to use. Speech to Teach welcomes speech pathologists, teachers, related service providers, parents, and caregivers. The products will support your efforts and help you create innovative and exciting learning environments, printable materials. Hang in there, Joey. Excuse me. It's speechtoteach.com. Would you please stop leaving? Okay, I'll stop leaving. My other one is dynavox.com, and our our guest tonight, Deb Delbel, will be telling you what a Dynavox is, assistive technology device. Those are my resources. Excuse me. Well, the topic of the week is... Is speech development and alternatives in autism? Look who's talking now and how. Tonight we'll be talking about speech development and autism and sometimes the lack thereof. We'll talk about the struggle to help teach your child with autism to use spoken language and in the absence of speech, how to utilize assistive tech communication. Our guest tonight is Deborah, Deborah Delp of Carlisle, Pennsylvania, Deb is mother to JR, 14 years of age and on the spectrum. Deb will be offering us her insights and experiences with two different types of assistive communication devices. And she will tell us how they have helped her, helped her son or not helped her son. And if I can speed through my paragraph for obvious reasons to bring some perspective to the discussion, I, Joey, hang on. I know that my son, Joey, who's now 14, didn't speak his first words until about the age of two and a half years. Prior to that, he mainly spoke jargon, as the speech therapists call it, mumbling, a mumble jumble of sounds. It didn't really form any English words. Now, as you can hear, that's not a problem. I used to tease him and say, yes, Joey, just a moment. Uh, I used to ask him if he was speaking German. He would gesture right along with Sorry. the proper intonation with Steve from Blue's Clues. Excuse me. Joseph. <laughs> Here, we're, we're having some real... Uh, Artistic moments. Yes. Uh, I used to follow the teachings of Dr. Stephen Camerata of Vanderbilt University in Nashville. And I can definitely tell you that the technique called recasting, which basically means that if the child can say ball, then you repeat blue ball. You you add on a word, you add on a sound to stretch out what they're capable of saying. And I found that to be a very helpful technique. Um, as you can hear, Joey does not have any real problems speaking. Um, he still scripts or repeats lines from movies or videos. And sometimes he steals those phrases from the scripts and uses them in the proper context. Uh, I would say every year I see an improvement. 
Erica. That's good. That's good. My story's a little bit longer. It wasn't until Cassidy was about 15 months old that I was told I should look into the fact that she was not speaking or even making babbling sounds and not interested at all in socializing with other children. I was a new mother. What did I know about anything? My cousin whose son was taking speech and language pathology is the one who advised me to seek out the birth to three services just for speech and language pathology. I called, but they said that I had to wait till she was 18 months old. So I did, and by the time she was 19 and a half months old, we had services in place. Garrett was a week old at the time. Cassidy's speech and language pathologist came out to the house once per week for an hour, and we did play-based therapy. We would play with her and facilitate her speech by sometimes not, in, not allowing her to get a crayon until she gave us a sound that went with crayon. We would reinforce words with her through this play-based therapy. We also use sign language with her to say please, thank you, dog, cat, boy, girl, and some more that I cannot even remember. We always do the I love you sign when she gets on the bus. Incidentally, she finally spoke the word mama at two and a half, and obviously I cried and cheered, yes, I am mama. We had picture cards for her on the refrigerator so she could ask for different foods. We even had pictures of toothbrushes, a child bathing, among among other everyday activities of daily living. She learned very quickly how to speak. We did recasting, too. And at the age of three, she was at age-appropriate levels in speech. Therefore, no special education services for her post her third birthday. Garrett was developing nicely and made babbling sounds, but was not developing true speech. He would just stick his tongue out and make a sound. I had him evaluated through the same birth to three program and it was and it was found that he was not only delayed in speech, but also in gross and fine motor skills. Initially, he started out at about five to ten hours of speech and language pathology, physical therapy and occupational therapy per week. This was in 2005. By June of 2005, Garrett's speech and language pathologist deduced that some of Garrett's behavior screamed ASD. And she noted that some of Cassidy's behaviors screamed the same thing. Evaluation in July of 2005 for Garrett resulted in the ASD diagnosis. He was just under two years old. A month before Cassidy's fourth birthday, Cassidy was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. So I'm glad that we started early intervention services because of my cousin making the comment to me to do something about Cassidy's speech delay. Finally, we had answers. I truly believe that that had they not participated in speech and language pathology, occupational therapy, and physical therapy services, they would not have talked. Now they talk all the time, and I long for the days that they were quiet. I'm just kidding. Needless to say, they are very articulate, and it would not and it is wonderful that they have come so far in the past seven years. They are what made me return to school and now have aspirations of working in the field of social work. And now I'd like to introduce our our guest, Deb Delp. How are you doing over there, Deb? I'm doing fine. How about you? Oh, just wonderful. Great. So, so Deb, can you tell us about your family and your son, Jr. and his diagnosis? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, Jr. was diagnosed right before he turned three, five days before he turned three. He was diagnosed a year before that with what they call global delay. Um, which was code for autism, but they didn't want to say it because uh, he wasn't three yet. This was back in the day when the kid had to be three uh, before they would use the A word. 
This would have been 2000 when he got the diagnosis. Um, he lost his speech in May of 98. He was 20 months old when he lost his speech. Um, he's never gotten it back. We've been doing speech therapy since September of 99 with him on various levels. And um, people come into the home initially. Then he went to the IU, IU 15. Um, he got speech there. He's at Vista now. He gets speech there. But I'm, I'm a very pragmatic person. Um, mm. Speech may come. I mean, miracles happen every day. And mm -hmm. we still work on it. But in the meantime, he needs a form of communication that's reliable, consistent, and what other people can understand. Hence the AAC system. Deb, yeah. Deb, may I ask you? Yeah, go ahead. What was he able to say when he lost his speech? He what? could say, um, he said mama. <clears throat> he tried to say daddy. He said issy, meaning sissy. He didn't have a whole lot of speech before he lost it. But when he lost it, he went completely silent. I mean, it, it just. He woke up one morning, couldn't talk no more. And his sister, Samantha, who's three years older than he is, started talking for him. And we thought he was just getting lazy and didn't want to talk because she was doing the talking for him. We didn't have a clue. We didn't know what was going on. We knew there was something going on. Um, the A word kind of shocked me when he got it because... And I think this is true for a lot of our kids. He doesn't fit the classic mold of autism. JR never did. He's always been very outgoing, very affectionate, always seeking contact, quick with a smile and a hug. And that's not what we were taught autism was. So, it, yeah, it kind of threw me for a loop. I, I, it floored me, actually, I would think would be more accurate term. Um but, you know, he, he's doing much better. Um, like I said, we started off with Pax when he was in the IU. And Pax is great, but it's a jumping off point is what it is. It's not the, the end-all, be-all of augmentative communication. It's only a starting place. Deb, can you explain what Pax are and what it means? Okay, Pax is an acronym for... Picture Exchange Communication System. And what it says is what it is. I mean, it's pretty, pretty self-evident. It's a picture system that he builds, um, <clears throat> the child builds a sentence with pictures that they take to a communication partner, exchange with that communication partner, and that is the communication process right there. It's a picture exchange communication system. It's very simple. It's very low tech. Uh, you need a printer, some cardstock paper, a laminator, and some Velcro and a notebook. You can build. Oh, that's what we had for Cassidy. Yeah, I mean, you we can had them on magnets on the refrigerator. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, it's simple. It's not difficult to do. You know, anybody can do it. That's how we started off. We bought a. We bought an 8x10, three-ring binder, cardstock that we used as uh, the pages that he would put the pictures on, more cardstock to make the pictures, and Velcro to keep everything attached. 
It's easy. It's an easy system to use. But again, it's very low tech. It's very rudimentary as far as communication goes. It's a good starting point. But would you say in the absence of speech, it gave him what kind of percentage improvement would you say from if no speech is zero, how much did the pecs help him? I'd say 90%. Okay. I would say, especially when it comes to the behavior side of not being able to communicate. The frustration that comes with not being understood, not being able to express yourself. He was a typical autistic kid in that way. He was aggressive, very aggressive. Not self-injurious, but aggressive. And once he was handed away and taught how to use the way to communicate, a lot of those aggressions dissipated. Not completely disappeared, mind you, but they significantly reduced. Okay, so from the pecs, what was the next step up on the ladder for you? All right, the next step came at Vista. Um, He had been at Vista at this point for about two or three years. And Vista, at the time, was a pecs-modeled school. All right, that's all they did. It's all they were really interested in doing. But then Vista started accepting students that put them in a quandary type of situation because a lot of kids were coming into school with these high-tech AAC systems. So Vista had to broaden their own horizons as far as communication went. So I went to his teacher, speech therapist, um, classroom coordinator, and I'm there, look, I want to get him evaluated for something high-tech. I want to see if he's ready for it to begin with. So we went through the process. The IU, IU 15 evaluated him. Paired him with the Dynavox. <clears throat> they started doing trials immediately at Vista. This would have been, all right, let me think about this. Uh, he's been at Vista eight years. Um, this probably would have been year number three. So this would have been school year six, seven, 2006, seven. Um, he did very well with the Dynavox. It's a big thing now. It's very clunky and it weighs about five pounds. All right. It's a very expensive unit that most families could never afford on their own. Our school district bought the Dynavox that he used. All right. And at the time, the one that he got at the time was $7,500. That's $7,500. Okay. Can you, can you explain to us what it does, Deb? Like exactly Uh, what, uh, what does it do? It's it's it uses the board maker software that's used to make PEX pictures in a computer format. It has a touch screen. It runs under Windows. I think the one that Jr. had when he had it, it ran under Windows XP. Now, I don't know what the Windows operating system is anymore. Basically, what it is is it's a computer. All right, it's no different than a laptop or a desktop. Um, how you make things work is the problem and is where the headache stems from. But um, you can set up these um, these graphic icons. They look just like the PEX icons, but obviously they're graphics. They're on the computer. He would select his sentence basically the same way by touching the icon, though. This is a total touchscreen system. He would touch the icon And then as the icon went into the sentence bar, 
he would touch the sentence bar and it would say what he was trying to say by using the icons. Like he wanted to drink water. There would be an icon on there for I want and another icon on there that had a glass of water on it. He would put the sentence together, touch the sentence bar, and the computer voice would speak for him. I want water. And that's how it went. That's how it worked. It was a relatively simple system. I mean, it wasn't difficult to to use. To program, on the other hand, it came with a three-inch 8 by 11 binder filled with instructions. I mean, this thing was filled with instructions on how to program this this particular piece of software, how to customize it and everything. It, it, it takes a lot of time to set up a Dynabox to customize it for your particular student or child. All wow. right, that was 2003-04. Two years ago, what is this, 2012? Yeah, two years ago, uh, the Christmas party, December 2009, at Vista. His speech therapist is talking to me about the iPod. And I, I heard about these things, but I didn't really know what they want, were. I thought they were just MP3 players, you know, fancy MP3 players. That's all I thought they were. And this particular iPod had an app on it called Prolo to Go. It's a speech communication app, basically using the same concept of the Dynabox system and the PEC system. All right, it's 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 so similar in that JR transition very smoothly from PAX to Dynabox, from Dynabox to Prolog to go. His transitioning ability, I mean, it went smooth as glass. He had no issues whatsoever. So all three of these programs are built on basically the same system. It's using pictures to communicate. That's basically the system of all three of them. Okay, but at this point in time, obviously you would say that due to the the size, the smaller size of the is he using an iPod or an iPad or both? Um, he started off with an iPod. We now have him on an iPad too. Okay. And because we've come to find out that the screen size, at least with JR and I think with some of our other kids too, the screen size makes it easier to use the Prolo to go app on an iPad because that screen is like almost 10 inches. The screen of an iPod is like three and a half. Okay. The screen size is substantial. And I think it makes it easier for some of our kids because it obviously makes the resolution bigger when you go to a bigger screen. And it makes it easier for them okay. to see these things. Um, but anyway, yeah, he started off with the iPod. His speech therapist had recommended it. And I'm there, well, you know, I was kind of hesitant because the Dynabox was working fine. You know, I don't believe in fixing things if they're not broken. But I was really impressed with the coolness factor. The iPod's cool. All right. Because it's not just for playing songs. It's not just a communication system. He can watch movies. He can go out to YouTube and watch video clips. He can go to Netflix and watch his movies. You know, it does so much more than just act as a communication system. There's apps in the store now that help our autistic kids learn the concept of math. You know, and reading, and you know, it, it's the iPod is kind of like having the Britannica Encyclopedia in the palm of your hand. 
All right. That's the way I like to refer to it. It does a lot more than just help these kids with communication. Now, I was in the app store today on my iPhone, and I happened to notice that I think they were asking $328, give or take uh, 50 bucks. I could be off. It's somewhere in the range of $300 to download Pro, Prologue, Prologue, Prologue to 2. Yeah. Prologue 2 to go or whatever it's called. Yeah, it w- it's called Prolo to Go. Um, when I purchased it, it was two hundred dollars. Okay. Um, all right, yeah, okay. It seems like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that's not a lot of money, especially in the economy that we live in right now. That's a lot of money, but this thing can do so much more than what the Dynavox could, and is so much easier to learn how to customize it for your child. It is. As far as being able to expand the vocabulary, it comes with over 7,000 words, sentences, uh, sentence starters, structure, everything built right into it. And then you can add your own in addition to that. You can customize what's there with actual photographs as opposed to icons. Because we found out that JR, he learns well with icons, but he learns better and faster if he's looking at a photograph because it's more concrete. The photograph is an actual representation of what the item is, whereas the icons are drawings. So JR learns more easily with photographs because it is more concrete. I mean, he can see, like, we'll go into the store and we'll take pictures of certain things that he likes. And then we'll load them into his prolo to go. So when he goes grocery shopping uh, on his CBIs at Vista, he can actually see the photograph of the item that's on the shelf and knows that's the item that he needs to pick. With icons, like I said, it's just a generalization. It's not a specific item. Erica, you might remember. Remember when we had um, Amir on the show? Yeah. Yep. I remember Amir. That was one of the qualities of his communication app was that you like you say Deb you could actually take your own photographs of the child's bedroom the child's dog mm-hmm. the child's car you know and put those into the app to give it some more personalization and right. you know recognizability if that's even a word right but um so Deb honestly can how what am I trying to say here how complex of a sentence can he form on that I mean is it just I I see I need I want or do you get into, like, I don't like, or I I guess I'm showing my ignorance here, like, well, I would prologue, like to have, or, I mean, is that too complex? No, no, actually, the Perlo to go comes built in with, with all that stuff. I like, I want, I need, I see, you buy the Perlo to go app for $320. You're talking a little over 1100 bucks for a system that Dynavox charges now over $8,000 for. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, wow. These prices, even though they might seem like they are a lot of money, these are typically within reach of the average working family. Okay? And that's the key right there. The average working family. uh, I I, I did emphasize average. Yeah. Um, I, it, it's, it doesn't matter what you use. None of it is going to be free. 
Uh, these people have to make some kind of money out of this or they can't keep improving on what they're doing. You know, uh, our school district bought JR's iPad 2 for him to use. I had already purchased the license for the Perlo to go. And we, and that's one of the nice things too. Yeah, the license might, it might seem very expensive, but you only pay for that one time. Okay. If you get a new um, computer and, or a new iPad, a new iPod, all you have to do is just re-download the application to your new devices. You don't pay for it ever again once you pay for it that first time. And they're constantly doing updates. The people who, do, who have developed ProLoad to go, they are constantly doing updates and improvements on that application. Yes, it's worth $200. Yes, it's worth $320. To me, it would be worth $500. It gives my son a voice. Exactly. How do you put a price tag on that? You know, he can communicate and quite well and does so very readily, too. And he he never really liked the Dynavox all that much. I think it was because of the weight. I mean, that thing weighs about five pounds. And yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be lugging around a five pound piece of equipment. Yep, exactly. Um, whereas the iPod weighs, what, about two ounces and the iPad, maybe a pound. Yeah, definitely. So, so you're you, so you would say it's definitely working for him what oh, he yeah. has now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now it's not going to work for every child. I've run into a couple of people who have tried the Perlo to go, and they didn't like it, and they went to different AAC apps in the iTunes store. But this is what is working for Jr. And again, I'm not going to. It's not broke. I'm not going to fix it. Type scenario. He, do, he does wonderful with it. And we're always adding new things to it because he's always reaching for more. And to me, that's what makes it worth the cost right there. He wants more. He likes this. He loves to communicate with us using the Prolo to go, using the iPad, the iPod. We have it loaded on both. He's got an iPod fourth generation and he's got an iPad too. And we have the app loaded on both. So if one's being charged while he's watching movies on the other one or whatever, and he needs to communicate with us, he still has the prolo to go on either on either one of them. And oh, it's just that's good. Just a matter of opening it up, finding the icons. And I'll tell you, man, he is so quick because you can categorize all these icons into folders, into little files, like you can just about anything on your computer. You know how you can put your pictures in a folder that says pictures. Same concept with this particular app. And that's what we've done. We've put everything in the categories, like all of his food items are in a category called food. And then we break them down by the type of food based on when it's typically eaten. Breakfast food, lunch food, dinner food, snacks, things like that. And I'll tell you that he whips through that thing and it's I can't even keep up with him anymore. I mean, his fingers fly across that screen. Wow. He's very good with it. He's very adapt at it. And I, I, again, I think a lot of it has to do with the Dynabox. The Dynabox prepared him for the iPad and the Perlo to go. And the Pets prepared him for the Dynabox. Just a chain effect. Awesome. Now, well, what would... What advice would you give to parents listening that are interested in using assistive technology for their children? The first thing you need to do is they need to go to their school 
and get the child evaluated. That's the very first thing that needs to be done. Nothing can be done before the evaluation is done. All right. The parents have to make that request typically. I mean, they might have a really good speech therapist that is trying to nudge them in that direction. Listen to the speech therapist. These people are professionals, and I haven't run across one who doesn't know what they're doing. But then again, he does go to Vista, so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm a huge Vista supporter. I'm a booster from Vista. Um, um, the child needs to be evaluated first. It doesn't matter what kind of educational setting they have. If they're in a public school, if they're in a private school, they need to get evaluated. That's step number one. And that's going to take several weeks to several months, depending. So patience is another thing that we've all learned to acquire over the course of time. Um, the evaluation is the first thing. You're going to have a meeting with your speech therapy, with your team, including the evaluator. And that's when it's going to come out. One, if the child is ready. And if the child isn't ready, I know it's a disappointing thing, but if the child isn't ready, I'd wait. I'd wait a little while because these devices are great but as far as being very sturdy, if you have a child who has a lot of temper tantrums and likes to throw things, you don't mm -hmm. want to put an $800 iPad in your hands. Exactly. You know, the maturity level of the child plays into this, too. It really does. JR learned early on with this Dynavox that this helps me to communicate Therefore, I'm going to take care of it. I am going to protect this. And he carried that over with his iPod and his iPad. We still have protective equipment around these devices because drops do happen. You know, he's not throwing it, but he can drop it. You drop it on concrete, you're going to crack the screen more than likely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that type of stuff. You know, they're, they're great as far as what they can do. But the sturdiness factor, mm, like I said, the maturity of the child it has to play into this. It's not just the evaluation. Is the child ready for this? It, does this kid have a lot of temper tantrums? Do they throw things? If they do, you know what? You need to get the behavior issues under control before you put something that delicate into their hands. That's it. That's um, pretty, it's as simple and as complicated as that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can attest to that. Well, I I'll mean, tell you, Erica, as you can see, this is why I asked Deb to come on because she had written an article for me for our local Autism Society newspaper about the Dynavox and what you went through with it. So when we said we were going to talk about some of these pieces of equipment, I was like, oh, I got to find Deb, you know, because I knew she'd been down this road. Mm -hmm. And even though uh, that was all that was available at that point, it it, it was parts of it were frustrating, you know, so yeah. I'm glad to hear that, that they've gone on to something different. And Deb, while you're still with us, um, could you explain, uh, I'll give them a little freebie here, not that they need the advertising, but it, when you keep saying Vista, Deb, I know what you mean. Can, can you explain where JR uh, goes to school? Sorry. Vista is a school for children with moderate to severe autism. They're located in Hershey, Pennsylvania. They've been around for 10 years now. Um, they use the ABA and the Competent Learner Model platforms for education, for everything, for behavior control, you know, education. 
Um, Vista is a unique school in many ways over the IUs and uh, the public school system. Um, one of them that I really cherish a lot is called CBI. It's a small component of the whole program, and it stands for Community-Based Instruction. What they do is they take our children out into the community to shop, to have lunch, whatever, um, once or twice a week, depending on the programming that the child is involved in at the time. And these kids learn how to control their behaviors by things that they're taught in the classroom. Like, for example, when JR gets frustrated, instead of lashing out, uh, instead of screaming, he'll clap his hands together and rub them together and apply a lot of pressure on his hands. For some reason, that helps him. I don't know what it is about it, but it works for him. It works for him when he gets frustrated and when he gets overly excited. That's another time I see that he uses that. So it's... They teach, him, they teach these kids how to blend in, basically. Um, they squash the behavior issues. They learn how to shop. They learn how to eat out in public. And it's made it so much easier for my husband and I to take JR anywhere. We take him to the grocery store, to Walmart. We'll take him out to dinner. And we don't have to worry about it. When he was little, if we take him out to dinner, we had to keep him confined in a high chair because if we didn't, He'd be all over the place grabbing yeah. food on everybody else's plate. Well, the reason I wanted you to mention them, and Erica, you know, um, it's not really a commercial, but the Vista School, and correct me if I was wrong, Deb, and then I'll, I'll end it, was the brainchild of a local attorney, I believe, and yeah. I cannot remember his name, years and years ago, who was yeah. so frustrated because he could not find uh, a school education. appropriate, so he started Excuse one me. himself. That's right. Excuse um, me. The founder of Vista is Mike Jarman, and yes, he is a he is an attorney. His son goes to Vista, um, and again, basically what Pam said, he was frustrated over wasn't over what was not available, and decided he was going to do something about it. Vista started out in two thousand and two in a one room, basically one room schoolhouse with four kids in it. Vista today is on a campus, on uh, the old Springboard Academy campus in Hershey. And it looks like a ski resort. There's three huge buildings. There's, I'm trying to think, how many classrooms? Oh, my Lord. I've lost count. There's over 80 kids in the school now. I think we're approaching wow. 100 here soon. Wow. And this is in 10 years. Within 10 years. Point is, Erica, there's a man that saw his child in need and just decided, hell, I'm going to do it myself. Yep. And he's to be applauded. These children really are the children in our school district, in our areas here, that no one else will help. Yeah. They, their regular school districts will not and or cannot or, help them. Or cannot, oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm being paid, so. <laughs> I, mean, I love this, though. I mean, I, I thank God every single day my son's at that school because that school helped turn him around. When well, he sounds, walked in there, when he walked in there eight years ago, he was severely autistic. By January of 2006, after doing a cars and other cars on him, between the staff and us, he went from severe to the low side of mild. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. 
Yeah, that's some I'm, great progress. Oh yeah, I mean Vista, and we also do a lot of supplements with them. And if you want me to discuss that sometime, I'll be more than happy to. Um, the fact that he's aging, I think puberty is actually helping him. I know it it's a problem for some of our kids, mm-hmm. but we've gotten fortunate that puberty is actually helping um, to lessen some of the autistic traits. Um, yeah, the speech. Like I said, I pray every single night. I know God can do miracles. So I know that someday he may wake up and be talking again. I will never give up hope on that. But I'm also a very, very realistic person and very pragmatic. And mm-hmm. he needs a way to communicate now. Yep. And you got him that treatment that he needed and you got him that assistive technology that he needed to right. be able to communicate. And you should be applauded for that. You know, I'm I'm just his mom. You know, I just do what I know I need to do, what I know that he needs to have. You know, I'm 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 not special. I'm not doing anything out of the ordinary. I love my child. I would do anything for him, like any good parent would do for their child, exactly. whether they typical or special needs. It's not a matter of typical or special needs. It's a matter of these are our kids. You know, we are responsible for their care. And, you know, I take that job very seriously. So I do what I need to do in order to make sure my son gets what he needs. Well, Deb, I thank you for being on the show. You've provided a a lot of information for us, and we appreciate it. Okay. Well, you have a great night now. You too. Take care. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I guess I'll go on to the random news stories. Yes, go ahead. This one is identifying high autism risk and high-risk siblings of children with ASD. This one actually spoke to me because obviously I have two children on the spectrum, one a boy and one a girl. By focusing on the identification of common genetic variants, researchers have identified 57 single nucleotide polymorphisms that predict with a high degree of certainty that the risk that siblings of children with autism spectrum disorder will also develop this the condition. The findings were presented at the International Meeting for Autism Research. Um, go to the link in the show notes and you can read more on that, on that particular story. The other one I found uh, is entitled Simple Task for Six-Month-Olds That May Predict Risk of Autism. A new prospective study of six-month-old infants at high genetic risk for autism identified weak head and neck control as a red flag for autism spectrum disorder and language and or social developmental disability. Delays. Researchers at the Kennedy Krieger Institute concluded that a simple pull to sit task could be added to existing developmental screenings at pediatric well visits to improve early de- detection of developmental delays. There's a couple of videos in the link if you'd like to look at the link. Um, research aimed at improving early detection of autism has largely focused on measurement of social and communication development. However, disruption in early motor development may also provide important clues about developmental disorders such as autism. Definitely check out the story. It's it's very interesting read. 
Um, and that link will be provided in the show notes. Okay, Erica, I'm going to go on and read mine, and then I'm going to fly right into my commentary because we're having Joey's having technical difficulties on his computer, and I'm sure I'll be torn away from you in a in a short moment. But that's, that's fine. I'm hurrying, buddy. My news story is about Senator Bax' autism awareness. Make it quick. He's telling me to make it quick. Bax' autism awareness postage stamp. New York Senator Charles Schumer is backing efforts to create autism awareness. Joseph. Hurry Yeah, I will. The stamp was designed by a 23-year-old man with autism. He said, don't read. It was designed by a young man with autism. The Autism Coalition of Long Island and Autism Speaks have launched a petition drive urging the U.S. Postal Service to adopt this stamp, which I think would be great. Yeah, I think that would be great, too, because it would spread the word. And Go ahead into your commentary. I'm sorry. This That's week okay. continues, as you can hear, to be an ongoing struggle. Joey has abandonment issues, he says. Uh, continues to be an ongoing struggle. Yeah. With his eyes, they're driving him nuts. I'm going to encapsulate here. Joseph, chill out. Where are you going? I'm not going anywhere. Uh, it's been a really hard week. Uh, no patience left um, on either one of our parts. So I'll just sum it up by saying that. So it's the floor is yours, Erica. <laughs> okay, because I have another soliloquy. Okay, go for it. We had a fairly good week, though I've come to find and have known for a long time that when they go to visit their father, they come back with some bad behaviors. Garrett gets agitated easily and yells at me, whereas Cassidy seems to think that it's okay to be rude to me. I suppose it's just a transition issue. Um, Cassidy had her chorus concert this past Monday, as usual, beautiful. They sang one song and it was the last one that made me cry like a baby because I happened to like the song. It was a song. The song was what the water is wide and not the one about love, but the one about doing their best and being the most that they can be. I thought it was the most appropriate song because it is the last chorus concert of their fifth grade year. And it was the last concert for the school because the school is being knocked down to do to make room for the new K through eight school. Garrett had a good week, yet had a few tantrums, which consisted of him yelling at me, which I could handle by just telling him to calm down. He was still not voiding or the whole pottying issue and soiled his pants. Our soiling his pants are coming home again, and now he is wetting himself. Poor little guy. I'm at a loss and so aggravated. I aggravated by it. Wish there was something else I could do for him, but I suppose I will. Co- it will come in time. I have to say that I wrote my commentary earlier today, but just a few hours ago, he came up to the bathroom while I was in it and stood there with his legs crossed saying he had to go. Yay! And he actually voided. I made sure to tell him how just how proud I was of him. I hope this continues. He was yeah, I told you'd get it. I told you to get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, Garrett. Yay. You went to the bathroom. He was supposed to go on a field trip on Thursday, but insisted he did not want to go. Um, I'm thinking because of sensory issues, because it was a baseball game. And he said, I just don't want to sit there and there's going to be too many people there and it's going to be loud. Um, So... I said he didn't have to go, but he still had to go to school. So on Monday, I called the teacher and the teacher said to him, said to me, keep him home because there wouldn't be much for him to do at school. 
I'm like, seriously? Keep him home? Put him in another classroom and give him work to do. Just simple and as complicated as that. So I kept him home. Um, I called the Board of Education about my wanting to keep him back this year, and they in turn told me to call the current school's principal to request a meeting. Um, She never called me back. My next step is to call the Board of Education again and talk to the Director of Special Education Services, and maybe that will light a fire under someone's fanny. Cassidy had a school dance last night, and it was difficult for me. First, because I wasn't prepared to have to stay at the school while the dance went on. I thought it was a drop-off pickup thing. Hell, I was not dressed to be out. I wasn't even wearing a bra. Anyway, I watched Cassidy trying to participate with other girls, and every time she would walk up to the group, they would walk away from her. It was terrible. At one point, she was talking to two girls, and they turned around, and I saw them roll their eyes. Then, lo and behold, two girls walked up, up to her and then she started to socialize with them and they seemed to be having a great time. She also told me yesterday that there's a boy at school that like likes her. Um, he was at the dance and she started socializing with him by dancing in front of him. I told her that that was inappropriate. Be- just because you know a boy likes you doesn't mean you have to make a scene in front of him. Just be yourself and you're not allowed to have a boyfriend until you're 25. So that's my week. Did you say? Did you say twenty five? I said twenty five. I was. I'm listening along here, and I I, I heard the, and I thought she's going to say twelve, but when you said twenty five, it just okay, just about knocked me off the chair. Not until she's twenty five, because that'll be the time she graduates college, right? Okay. Yep. She has to go to all that school, and then then she can have a boyfriend. But Pam, I'd like to thank you for being on the show again tonight. Oh, I thank you for tolerating us this evening. Like I say, it's been. It's, it's been difficult. He's it, really He was out. fine. We know that we're going to have those moments. But anyway, you could check us out on our website at autismwarriors.com. Our Facebook is facebook.com backslash autismwarriors. Our feedback is feedback at sayitproductions.com. We oh. like feedback. Send us feedback. Or you could call us and leave us feedback at 813-915-6390. Our Twitter is Say It Prods. We're here live every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget to go to iTunes to rate and review our show. Thanks for listening.